Well, this evening we're going to turn in the Word of God to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, we're going to read just a few verses at the beginning of this chapter and notice just a couple of simple thoughts about the nature of loving service. Mark chapter 14. And we read the following. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she break the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. We'll end our reading there. We trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts for the Lord's sake. This evening we're going to consider this incident that took place in the house of Simon the leper and consider the subject, an example of true loving service. This woman performed a service for the cause and for the name and for the glory of the Lord Jesus. We would have to say that what she did was somewhat out of the ordinary. No man would call this the expected service then the service that uh, she performed that day was not only questioned, but it brought indignation, if you could imagine. Verse 4 tells us uh, so. There were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? At the end of verse 5 it says, they murmured against her. In other words, there was a talking back and forth between themselves that what she had done was both wasteful, but it was also inappropriate. And it was not wise. It was not true and good service. Good service would have been defined by what they had in their minds as service. We might contemplate within ourselves the reason for the condemnation of the act and that reason may be 
actually multiple reasons. It may have had numerous causes, and it may have been a combination of things. But one thing that we have to note right from the start, one thing that is perhaps the key point uh, of this portion is this, and this is my first thought. Service of Christ is rightly judged of no man but Christ only. Service of Christ is rightly judged of no man but Christ only. The judgment of this woman was that what she was doing for Christ was a great waste. She was a great waster. That was what their conclusion was. That is what the judgment was. That was what the verdict was about both the woman's service, but also of her motive as well. Mr. Spurgeon makes the comment, and I paraphrase, the woman that we see here loved the Lord. She must have been very sorry to displease his followers. She would not have wanted to grieve the least of his servants. I don't think that this woman came in to do anything other than to bless the Lord. She had no desire, no intent to do anything that would have caused there to be grief or consternation by any of those that were there. In fact, I would quite frankly think that she would never have imagined that there would have been anybody that would have been mad or have been indignant at what she was doing to bless the Lord. But I think you find that these who saw her do this were guilty themselves of something here, and that is, I would say, that they were valuing the oil more than they were valuing Christ himself. And that is sometimes the way it is. That men set their minds and hearts on the things that are in the world, and perhaps even of the world, more than they consider what's Christ and for Christ. The fact that these who saw the woman and were indignant, counting her service a waste, I think, really revealed the lukewarmness of their own love for Christ. Perhaps they were somewhat convicted. Perhaps they thought within themselves, oh, well, maybe we should have done something. But this is over the top. This is way too much. Oh, it pulls back the veil and shows the hearts of these. Even though you'd have to say they were followers of Christ, though we were the disciples of Christ, perhaps most of them or some of them, it did show that there was a lukewarmness. Perhaps these men who viewed what this woman did were reproved. But no matter what, I say this, they misjudged. And I say this true, that no man can truly judge what is done in the service of Christ. That is the judgment of the Lord Jesus alone. You know, I think... I was just thinking as I was mulling over this in my mind, you know, maybe these men were also indignant and murmured because her service was, and I put this in bold letters here, or could it, unlike 
theirs. It was not in keeping with the approved means. This is what we do and this is what we use in our service. Well, she stepped outside of the, the norms here and they condemned it. All service, all service, we read and we understand from this, ought to be that which is done unto the Lord. With kind regard to others, but that regard for others is not going to override what we think and what we do in the name of Christ. There's a principle, there's a truth, there's uh, a, a point in the nature of true service. Mr. Spurgeon also said in this regard, he said, no, my brothers or sisters, you must not be too much distressed if the best of the household misjudge you, for it has happened to many favored ones before you. Nobody truly can understand the service or do a right judging of the service that's done for Christ, but Christ only. That is one truth that comes quickly to the surface here. And there are many reasons, there are many examples, things that we can take in our minds as to why that is true. And I would note just a couple of them. The second thing I want you to see with me is this. The service of Christ is rightly understood of no man, but Christ only. Not only is it a matter where they assessed the value of what was done, they didn't understand why it was done. In fact, I would say this, did the disciples have any idea at, ever, at all what this woman was doing? Well, the obvious answer is no. They had no clue as to what she was doing, why she was doing it, and what was to be the outcome of it. The Lord alone understood. And I would say this. The Lord had moved on her heart long before she did this. This was not a service that was just cooked up in her own thinking. This was not something that appeared to her as a random idea as she happened to be sitting in her house one day. The Lord understood what she was doing. And she came to anoint him for his burial. Again, I say what she was called on to do, what the Lord had put in her heart to do, was something that was ordained for her to do of God long before the incident ever occurred. And as the Lord continued to move on her heart, as a result, then she obeyed. She trusted and she obeyed. Though perhaps she may not have understood herself all that was entailed in this display of love yet I think it was something that she was called on by the Lord to do now I want you to understand with me this does not make every idea that pops into the head real service we be careful here not everything that pops into our minds is oh I'm going to do this for the Lord well that may or may not be something that really is right for us to undertake and I don't think that that's what's happened here I don't think at all it was something that just popped into her head 
And I say that that is not at all what we're seeing. The point is that we are to be those who have our minds and our hearts so filled with Christ that even though what seems an unusual call of God is bowed to. How many things did God has God told his servants through the course of the scripture, go and do this? Well, Lord, I don't understand why you're saying go and do this. Prime example, Abraham. Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, and go to a mountain that I will show you. I don't understand this. This is highly unusual. This is not something that is ordinary at all. But the Lord said to do it. I will trust my God and I will obey. How many other things are there like that? We could begin the list and I'm not sure that we would have really time to consider every one of them. But that is not out of the ordinary. The Lord sometimes will have us to lay upon our hearts what men would say. That is just not in keeping with what we do. It's also something that our own minds would say. That's not something that I can do. You know, I was thinking for God to tell Noah, build an ark. And by the way, it's going to take you probably 75 years or more to build it. And by the way, I'm not, you don't know, you don't have a clue where you're going to get the materials to make this or how to do it, the size of it, the shape of it. You don't know anything about it, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start was Noah's reply. He did what the Lord told him to do. Sometimes the Lord lays on our hearts things that men don't understand, but he has ordained for it to be done. Though I think, again, we must be those who don't look at that as, well, the idea is now all important. No, take the idea and pray it over and pray it over and pray it over. And as God then leads, we act. And so I say, her service, what she did, did not originate in her own mind. And no one was able really to understand in that day, at that moment, what she did. Save Christ only. But God had ordained it. Again, she might have questioned it at first. Is this really what needs to be done? You know, there's sometimes the Lord leads us to do things where you and I would say, is this really what God wants me to do? Boy, this is going to cost a lot, or this is going to take a lot, or the effort or the, or the resources that are needed for this, I'm not sure how it can be done. She may have questioned it at first, but she yielded and went forward in spite of even the opposition that she found from those that you would have to say were God's choice servants. Again, I say her, her service was one of obedience rather than rash, emotional showing of some service-like activity. Service of Christ is rightly understood of no man but Christ only. But then I want you to see in the third place, and this is my last thought, actually. Service of Christ is rightly rewarded of no man but Christ only. Service of Christ is rightly rewarded of no man but Christ only. Nobody gave this woman credit 
for doing that which was good and right and blessed. They all judged it something that was not good. However, the Lord Jesus said the opposite. You know, there's some things about this woman and her service that really stand out to me. When you see verse 8, the Lord saying she hath done what she could. The Lord doesn't ever expect us to do what we can't do. He never calls us to do what is beyond us or what we won't have the resources to do. It never happens. But the Lord does call us to do what we can. You know, I think of this woman's service. It was rather humble. Really, what did she do? Really, she had a box of ointment. That's all she had from the words that we have here. She did what she could. You'd almost expect the Lord saying, that's all she had. That's the only way that she could bless me. That's the way that she had in her hand to serve me. And she used it. And I think that there's, even though the dollar sign, if you want to see, with this woman's gift and the widow's might are so vastly different, the spirit is the same. And I think the Lord's commendation is very much the same. She had done what she could, or she cast in all that she had. She gave what she had. And what was her reward? The disciples were standing there saying, what's her reward? A loss of some very precious, expensive ointment. What did she gain from this? Their judgment of the reward was that this was a loss. But the point of it was, her reward didn't have anything to do with what men judged. Her reward was the acknowledgement of Christ. What the Lord said was her reward. She gained nothing from this world and nothing from others. But she was remembered by Christ. And Christ placed a blessing on her that, well, how many can say this? What little thing she did will now be remembered of her forever. As long as the word of God stands, what this woman did is going to stand as a memorial for her. What greater reward is there than that? Here you have an example of loving service. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to say that you and I should be open to all kinds of um, strange and uh, rash things that pop into our head is what service for Christ means. No, but I think we need to understand that oftentimes when we serve the Lord, it's not going to be that which is rightly judged, 
it may not be that which is understood. And it may not be that which is rewarded at all ever in this lifetime. But we're still called. We're ordained of the Lord to do what we can for Jesus' sake. So you say, what's the conclusion? I say, I think this. We need to be then those who listen for the Lord's voice. I would have you do this. I would have you go here. I would have you do what you can in this way or that way. And again, listen for the voice of the Lord. Be in the word. Be in prayer that your ears are open to hear the voice of the shepherd that you might follow after him. Then, when you hear, follow. Do what the Lord says. You can imagine how, I keep thinking of this woman, how did she, how did she really react to the faces of those that were in the room around her? Even after she did this and the Lord commended her, how would she be looking at these people that were in that room? I, I think, how did this woman leave the place? You kind of feel like, was she apologetic? Was she um, in some ways intimidated? Or was, I, I, I can't imagine how this woman felt at the reaction to these people. She was loving Christ. They reacted this way. How did... How would she have walked out of that place? Well, that didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter how she left. What mattered was that it was known of Christ. She did what was laid upon her heart. I say of the Spirit of God before. She did. She listened. She followed. But then ultimately, I think that this woman could rest. That's what we ought to do as well. We rest in the will of God. We don't understand it. Sometimes we don't really perceive all the good of, of what comes of what we rest. It's in the hand of the Lord. Lord, do with it what you will. Lord, I speak this word to this person. I don't know what it's ever going to do. Lord, I give this um, help to this person. I don't know what it's ever going to do. Lord, I, I, I extend myself in some way to this person or in this situation, I don't know whatever's going to come of it. I probably may, I may never see any. It probably didn't do any good. At least that's in our judgment. We rest in the providence and the will of God. That which is done for Jesus' sake. Doesn't the Lord tell us, even if we give a cup of cold water? Now really, what is that? What is that? To give a cup of cold water in his name. He says that the person that does he will in no wise lose his reward. There's a reward. Wait a minute. There's a reward for giving a cup of water? There is with the Lord Jesus. <laughs> there is with him. What he would have us to do, we do. Even if we say, but I don't understand. What good came from this thing? What good was it? That's not mine to say. That's not mine to be really concerned with. My place is to do and then the rest that the Lord does with it what he will. Whether he takes my cup of cold water and does something with it, or whether he takes my five loaves and two fishes and does something spectacular with it. That's up to him. 
So here I say we have a lesson or an example of true loving service. It'll oftentimes be judged rightly of no man but Christ. It will be understood of no man rightly but Christ. And the service of Christ is rightly rewarded of no man but Christ only. But it's still our place to do. It's still our privilege to do. Well, may the Lord allow his word to bless our hearts for Jesus' sake. Let's pray. Father in heaven, now we pray that you will help us to be those who are willing to do what you tell us to do, though we may not understand it fully or what the end of it would be or how it can actually be done. But Lord, help us to be those who will simply trust and obey that the Lord Jesus would be glorified and that his kingdom would come in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that you will bless now our time, bless this word to our hearts. Lord, we pray it all in Jesus' precious name for his sake. Amen.